This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. When life gets challenging, it can be difficult to stay in problem-solving mode instead of focusing on the negative. Talking with a therapist can help you stay on higher ground. Visit betterhelp.com super and learn to focus on the positive. Hey, brother! Question for you guys. Did the movie Up really happen? I mean, obviously it really came out and was in theaters and we all watched it and we collectively cried and enjoyed the whimsical adventure. But inside the movie, did Carl actually fly his house with balloons all the way down to Paradise Falls? Where he immediately discovered a hyper rare species of bird, encountered his childhood hero, adopted a talking dog, and subsequently found a child exactly like the kind he and his wife were unable to conceive? Yeah, this has been one of the longest standing questions about the movie Up since it came out. Did it actually happen or are we witnessing something else? Could we actually just be watching Carl's metaphorical journey into heaven? Or did maybe Carl just like totally lose his marbles after losing his house? Well, I'm not sure I can honestly speak to either of those, but after some excellent new evidence just turned up in Turning Red of all places, I think we can confidently say that Up is an adventure of the mind and is mostly all happening inside Carl's head. Guys, I have to tell you, one of the most fun things about existing inside of the world of theory crafting is one tiny new little morsel of information drops into your lap and it ends up reframing everything you thought about an old idea. And that is exactly what's happening today, thanks to, of all the installments to the Pixar timeline, turning red. Because while it might not seem like Mei Lin's coming-of-age tale has much to do with the 70-year-old man's journey to the acceptance of the loss of his wife, there is one critical element. Timing. Now, I'm sure this doesn't actually require any clarification or anything, but Turning Red is not actually a prequel to Up. Or is it? No, it's really not. Or is it? No, it, it's, seriously, it's not. But it does take place before Up. Up came out in 2009 and takes place in 2009. But Turning Red, despite coming out this year in 2022, actually takes place in 2002. Y2K, am I right? Actually, no one cared about 2002. But it is particularly relevant here because in a blink and you miss it Easter egg right here, you can see a skeleton of none other than Kevin. Well, I say Kevin, but obviously something is off, namely the size. Because while this is obviously the same species of bird, it is also obviously much smaller. Now, I know what you're thinking. Perhaps this is merely a juvenile Kevin who died a tragic early death, got caught up in the wrong bird crowd and made some wrong bird decisions. And I'll admit that's possible, it's possible, but after this video, I think we are all going to be forced to conclude that that is not the case. Especially when you consider the fact that Kevin Bird are extremely responsible and would never be caught up with that kind of crowd. But let me ask you this, dear viewers, why do you assume Kevin is tall? It's because Carl meets a tall Kevin, right? Right, but remember, it's possible that none of this is even happening at all. So the real question we have to ask is, why is Carl imagining Kevin to be so tall? And the answer is that because Carl's imagination is being fueled by this video scene at the beginning of the movie where Charles Muntz is revealing a massive Kevin skeleton. But if you will recall later in that exact video, science tests the skeleton and reveals it to be a fake. No! Yes, I know what is hard to stomach gun, Carl, and the film you're watching is certainly positioned to make you question their claim. And yet, 
Why would they? To tear down the greatest explorer on Earth? To tear down a man who has brought back several dirigibles worth of scientific discoveries? Dirigible, by the way, top 10 word. It's a blimp. But honestly, it makes more sense if the skeleton was indeed fabricated by months. Ah, but Jay, in Turning Red, we saw a real skeleton. Doesn't that prove that Kevin was a real bird? Yes, that does prove that this species of bird was real. But honestly, I don't think whether or not it was real was ever actually in question. Because if Muntz made it up entirely, he would know that he made it up entirely. So why would he swear to spend the rest of his life looking for a live thing he knew didn't exist? I promise to capture the beast alive. And I will not come back. Until I do. Instead, what I think actually happened is that Muntz did see a version of Kevin, but as ever was unable to actually capture it. So instead constructed a fake skeleton to bring back. But then you might be wondering, well, then why would he make it so tall if it was only ever this big? Well, for one, showmanship. But for two, it's entirely possible Muntz actually perceived Kevin to be this tall. I mean, we actually get a firsthand account of how easy it is to misconstrue what you're seeing at Paradise Falls when Carl thinks he's talking to a man, but is actually just hearing Doug talk. Hmm, I wonder if it's going to be a problem then using a scene from what I'm claiming is Carl's imagination to prove my point. Well, as long as I don't say it out loud, that probably won't be a big deal. Either way, as you can see, what it actually comes down to is whether or not Carl actually went to Paradise Falls and saw a real Kevin in person. So the question is, can we prove that he didn't go to Paradise Falls? And honestly, I think we can. And as a refresher, just so we're all on the same page here, the imagination portion of the movie would start right after this, when Carl finally has a court date and loses his house. This is Carl's absolute lowest point. Not only has he lost his wife now, but also the number one thing that in his mind was keeping her memory alive the house they built together. So from here, we have a long list of suspicious things that seem like maybe that could only happen inside someone's head. And the first is, well, the balloons. And like, look, I'm no expert zoo balloon salesperson like Carl is, but I just don't think this is actually enough balloons to lift someone's house. In fact, Pixar themselves have admitted this. They've said there's about 20,000 balloons they animated to lift the house, when in reality, it should actually be several million. And look, Carl, I understand that in your position, you're likely on some sort of fixed income. Maybe you didn't pay the math budget, but either way, you were just way, way, way off here, man. Unless, of course, all you need is enough balloons to satisfy your imagination. In which case, yeah, 20,000 is probably more than enough. But then the really, really unbelievable thing that happens is the storm he encounters inside the house. I mean, it appears to be massive. It pops a ton of balloons, veers the house entirely off course, and knocks Carl unconscious for almost a day. And yet, despite being unconscious and unable to steer the house that was thrown in a random direction, Carl manages to wake up with the house landing in exactly the exact location he was aiming for. 
Are you kidding me, Carl? That'd be like if I went to the roof of this building and attached a note to a balloon for my wife and then just let it go. And like an hour from now, she texted me and be like, uh, yes, I'd love to have pizza for dinner. Great idea. Except that I'm only about 20 minutes away from my house right now. That would never happen. And Carl's trying to land his house on a different continent. South America. It's like America. And it doesn't stop there. Upon landing at Paradise Falls, Carl almost immediately and accidentally discovers Kevin, the very bird his childhood hero left 75 years ago to discover and has still not found. That is insanely lucky. But while we're on the topic, let's talk about Kevin for a second, because despite being a rare exotic giant bird, she is also very similar to Ellie. I mean, what are the odds? For one, her color scheme is almost exactly like the color scheme Ellie chose for the house. On top of that, and especially keeping in mind what we know the true stature of a Kevin bird to be, Carl imagines Kevin to be larger than life, the same way he thinks of Ellie. She's also a completely wild thing that Carl can't really seem to understand, and yet he feels an absolute desire to protect her. And Kevin is a mother, just like Ellie wanted to. Be. Speaking of which, before Carl even lands at Paradise Falls, he also picks up another companion in the form of Russell. Russell, who is almost 100% an example of the exact kind of child he and Ellie would have hoped to raise. For example, when Carl meets Ellie, she gives him a merit badge. When Carl meets Russell, he's trying to earn merit badges and is missing just one. One missing piece. And in a lot of ways, a child is the missing piece from Carl and Ellie's marriage. Russell even feels like an average of the two. He has that absolute zest for adventure like Ellie always did, but he's also a little lacking in the real world experience department. Like he's got all the gear, he's read all the books, but maybe he's not quite as capable. It reminds me of a young Carl pretending he's Charles Muntz trying to leap Mount Everest. He goes around Mount Everest. But by the end of the film and in the name of helping Kevin the bird, Russell overcomes tremendous odds and quite literally flies into action. So in the end, Kevin's impact on Russell is very similar to the impact Ellie has on Carl. And guys, now we need to pause real quick to give a big shout out to today's sponsor, BetterHelp. Problems? We all got them, and a lot of us spend way more time focusing on the problems rather than their solutions. It's a completely normal human thing to do. But the amazing thing is our brains are adaptable. So taking care of your mental health by talking to a therapist can actually make you a better problem solver and help you achieve any goal you're after, big or small. It's a skill set you can actually improve, and I say that from experience because I myself have improved the skill by going to therapy. Talking to a therapist has helped me feel more confident when trying to solve life's tough challenges. And as a result, it also helps me feel less stressed. And if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, affordable, accessible, and entirely online. You get matched quickly with a therapist after a brief survey, and if you don't like them, you can switch to another therapist at any time. So when you're ready to be a better problem solver, therapy can help you get there. Visit betterhelp.com super to get 10% off your first month. One more time, that's better H-E-L-P.com slash super for 10% off your first month. Link is in the description down below. But anyway, let's get back to the ground on Paradise Falls, where in about 10 minutes, Carl has located the very bird Charles Muntz has been unable to locate for 75 years. And let's talk about the implications of those 75 years. When Muntz leaves at the beginning of the movie, it is at least 1934, at least based on the ambulance we see taking young Carl to the hospital. And the 
director of Up has confirmed that Muntz's age at the time was 23, meaning that in 2009, he is 98 years old. And while I'm sure there are a lot of very impressive 98-year-old people out there, I just don't think this is how a 98-year-old man moves around. Especially when you consider that Muntz has apparently been living alone on his dirigible in a remote jungle for 75 years with no medicine more modern than 1934. However, it might be the way a 98-year-old moves around if they are imagined through the lens and grandeur of a fondly remembered invincible childhood hero. And that's not even to mention the giant Somalian leopard tortoise. Oh, you don't know about the giant Somalian leopard tortoise? Well, honestly, I don't blame you. It's only mentioned once, but the implications for the state of Carl's mind are massive. Here's the clip. I found it on safari with uh, Roosevelt. All right, so let's break that down. To be fair, there are two Roosevelts he could be referencing in this scene, either Teddy Roosevelt or Franklin Delano Roosevelt. But not for nothing, it's Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt was a known adventurer, but FDR, I mean, he was a great president, but also he had polio. So I'm thinking that maybe he was skipping out on most of the giant Somalian leopard tortoise hunts. But it's an important distinction because Teddy Roosevelt died in 1919. That was 10 years after he left office. And if in 1934, months was 23, that means the oldest months could have been when Teddy Roosevelt died in 1919 was eight. So really this ends up being quite the claim. I mean, First of all, what is an eight-year-old doing on safari with the ex-president of the United States? And two, are you saying that you, eight-year-old Charles Muntz, was also somehow a member of the president's nightly card game? He and I fell into a habit of playing gin rummy in the evenings. And are you claiming that inside of that card game, he was cheating against you? A child? And did he cheat? It's a bold claim, that's all I'm gonna say. But also, even if you wanna believe the rest of that, in what world are you an eight-year-old on safari with the ex-president of the United States, you find a giant Somalian leopard tortoise, and you get to keep it not Teddy Roosevelt. Doesn't add up. To me, it makes a lot more sense if you grew up admiring adventurers like Charles Muntz and Teddy Roosevelt, and now, while you're imagining this chance encounter with your childhood hero, of course he knew the other famous adventurer of the day. But I can hear what you're saying over there. Jay, maybe it's more believable than you think. I mean, doesn't Muntz claim that everything on his dirigible is less than half of what he actually found? And you're right, although specifically he says most of his collection is in museums around the world, but most implies more than 50 percent, meaning what's left on the dirigible is less than half of what he found. So yeah, you're right. But I see what you're getting at. If what's left in the dirigible is less than half and he hasn't added to the collection since he left for Paradise Falls when he was 23, that means he must have found more than twice that amount of stuff before he was 23. So yeah, maybe he was on a safari with the president when he was eight. And you're right, on paper, that sounds good. But in reality, that still all just points against him. Because if he really found that much stuff, made that many discoveries, by the time he was 23, they would have absolutely no reason not to trust that his skeleton of Kevin 
was real. If he had found that much stuff, would they have stripped him of his place in this Explorers Guild so easily? Of course not. This guy would be their most famous member by far. He would be the greatest explorer who ever lived like 10 times over. But ask yourself this, how realistic is it even that he found that much stuff before the age of 23. It's almost impossible. Unless, again, it's all just the imagined grandeur of your childhood hero. But in the light of the new Easter egg in Turning Red, that's not even the most incriminating piece of evidence against Carl. Instead, this is. They all tell pretty good stories. A surveyor making a map, botanist cataloging plants, an old man taking his house to paradise falls. Do you see the problem? Muntz claims to have killed anyone else who came looking for Kevin. And yet we see a skeleton of one in turning red. And sure, maybe like a single explorer could have gotten in and out unnoticed entirely by months. But consider the location of the skeleton. It's in a middle school classroom. Is that where you would house this otherwise extremely rare artifact? No, of course not. The fact that it's in a classroom suggests that not only did they find one, but they have found so many that there are enough available for some amount of distribution. And again, this is in 2002. Carl's journey is seven years later in 2009, and his wife worked in the South American bird exhibit at the zoo. So there is just no way that the world's two biggest Charles Muntz fans didn't hear about the actual discovery of the bird that Muntz left and was accused of faking all those years ago. Which then also explains why in Carl's imagination, he would make Muntz a bad guy. Because as we see in Turning Red, eventually the real skeleton of a Kevin was discovered, meaning they could finally prove once and for all that Muntz had been faking the original skeleton. So in the end, what I think we're actually witnessing is a man who's grappling with the loss of his wife. He's imagining the adventure he and Ellie had always wanted to have together ever since they were little kids, pretending in the very house they live in for the rest of their lives. It's an adventure that features the giant chocolate eating colorful bird their hero once sought, a house flown by nothing but balloon power across the globe, a daring skybound rescue complete with dogfighters, and of course, the child they've always hoped to have. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely still love this movie so, so much. And if what we're witnessing is actually just someone dealing with their grief instead of going on an actual crazy adventure to South America, I am totally okay with that. But I'd love to know, what do you guys think? Did it really happen or is it all just in Carl's head? Also, a quick announcement before we go. Next Friday, November 4th at 6 p.m. Eastern, we are gonna be hosting a live trivia night here on the Super Carl and Brothers channel where we will be revealing our brand new animal mugs for the year. We have in some very, very awesome designs. I cannot wait to show them to you. And we might have uh, some, some, some new chocolate products you might be interested in as well. Just saying, you want to be there. One more time, that is next Friday, November 4th at 6 p.m. Set a reminder on your calendar right now. But guys, as always, thanks so much for watching today's video. Don't forget to hit that like button if you haven't already and ring that bell so you don't miss any future videos. If you want to see some more Pixar theory action from us, you can check out this video right here to see who does 22 from Seoul become after they go to Earth. But otherwise, Ben, until next time, I will see you in another Life Brother.